Welcome to What the Foster, a podcast dedicated to giving a voice to the voiceless. This season, we're focusing on the often unheard and invisible population of youth currently or formerly in foster care. With all the misconceptions about foster care out there, we think these stories will shed some light on what it really means to spend time in the system. What the Foster is produced by Umbrella, a New Jersey foster care nonprofit, and I'm Rachel Turan. As a content warning, this podcast episode includes discussions of verbal, physical, and sexual abuse, death of a child, as well as suicide and suicidal ideation. Last week, we heard about Alejandra's life in foster care in Colombia. She'd experienced physical and sexual abuse in the home she lived in for five years. Her brother even died in the home. Finally, neighbors reported the mistreatment to the government. In her third foster home, she still wasn't receiving the love she knew she deserved. So she spoke up and got herself moved to a place where she felt safe. Then Alejandra traveled to the U.S. through the Kids Save program and met a family who wanted to adopt her. You know, I got to their house, I met their pets. It was cat. They had cats. Uh, so I was happy. I was like, wow, everything it was going good, you know. And um, the only thing it was like I was hearing they were fighting every single day. You know, like they were saying between us, no hitting. But they were uh, like verbal abuse, that's how you call it. You know, they were telling each other, you know, bad words and stuff like that. For someone who came from incredibly abusive situations, this kind of behavior may have been difficult for Alejandra to deal with. Furthermore, Alejandra was a novice English speaker. First of all, I wasn't speaking well English at that time. And then they were using Google Translate, which Google Translate is good, but sometimes it's not, you know, that it won't translate it really well, what they mean. Sometimes I wanna to express myself to, if I wanna something or do something and they don't understand, I would get frustrated, you know, I got frustrated and then, and then somehow I start fighting, you know, like fighting back verbally, you know, like argue a lot. And um, that one day I got so aggressive I was so like frustrated, stressed. I was like, I don't know how to communicate. She got, uh, she got mad at me, and I just got really violent. I just start kicking, you know, kicking stuff or throwing stuff uh, uh, in the floor. Because of her newfound aggression, Alejandra's adoptive parents took her to see a psychiatrist. And they were like, after what happened, you've been so violent. We we think that you need help. We don't want you to kill another people, you know. I was like, what the, why are you just expressing me, you know, expressing like that to, towards myself, you know, I don't know. Alejandra didn't agree with how her adoptive parents expressed their concerns. The problems with her parents continued, including not letting her switch out of an elective course that she didn't want to or need to take in school. So somehow in that day, I went to talk to my counselor and say that I want to change, you know, instead of having cooking class, I want to change to study hall, you know. And yes, she switched me to that. And then and then somehow my mom got, you know, she noticed. And then she, when my father picked me up and I went to work, she got, she started to 
screaming at me, you know, why did you do that without without permission from us, you know? Um, I wish we never adopt you. That's what she said. And I was like, I just got shocked, you know? Despite these tensions in the family, Alejandra was illegally theirs, and they were trying to work things out. When her adoptive mother's friends suggested that the mother come on a vacation, Alejandra thought it was a good idea. I was like, yeah, mom, you should go, you know. You, you've been stressed and we've been arguing most of the time, you know. I think you deserve to be, you know, to go and have fun, you know. She left with her friends to vacation, you know. She was not going to come back, like, for a week and I stay alone with my dad. And then, and then here it comes again. Um, my foster daddy was like, oh, you want to sleep with me in, in my... I'm adopted, yeah, sorry, I don't mean, <laughs> no. Yeah, my adopted, my, my daughter, I was like, you want to sleep with me? And I was like, oh, you know, I was feeling uh, like so love of a family, like always wanted, like innocent. I wasn't, didn't know it was going to happen next. So I was like, yeah, I want to sleep, you know, there, like with my dad, okay. So I slept uh, that night and then in the middle of the night, I was like, just, I was waking up and then, or what I feel like some, like somebody just literally uh, start touching me and stuff like that. And I was like, and it was my daughter, dad. He was trying to, again, sexually abuse me. Um, but the ne- but the next day, I was like, he was like, whatever happens yesterday, it was your fault. I'm like, no, it wasn't. I wasn't asking for it. And then he's like, do not say anything about this. Alejandra had survived a long history of abuse, just to be betrayed again in a place she thought she might finally be safe. Again, Alejandra knew what she had to do. She told her chaperone from the Kids Save program what had happened with her adoptive father. You know, they they let the school know that I was there and then what happened. So after that, I never went back to that house, you know, and they took me away from there. Alejandra went to stay with the family who hosted her during her initial visit to the States. Yvonne, her host mother, came to the office to speak with us. You know, you you get a call that you never want to hear. You know, that your child has to come back into the system. And that was probably one of the worst days of my life. Alejandra came to our house, obviously. very mad (laughs) you know she had gone through a lot enough in that anybody should go through a lifetime um, to go through it again and she found herself back into a system that she didn't want to be back into in a different country you know with all these new people in her life that she did not want to and you know while Ivan and her family weren't actively looking to add to their family they welcomed Alejandra and eventually adopted her but how could I say no? We knew her. We had loved her. And so we already had a full house of kids, but um, you know, we welcome her in into the into our home. The transition to this new home wasn't easy for Alejandra. She was so scared when she got to my house that if I left her alone for a couple minutes, 
she would literally like lock every single thing in my house every single thing would be locked including her door the outside doors like everything like i always would stay on my room until they got home literally and uh if i was hungry i was just waiting for that until they got home and it was like if i need to go to the bathroom literally i would wait until they got home i was so scared that i was like not going out from my room I also, yeah, I also remember the days, like the first day that I got back to their house. Um, my mom had to sleep in, in the room with me. Like, I was so scared that I was having nightmares. I was not sleeping well, and I was like, I was having trouble to sleep, you know. And then I didn't want to sleep alone, you know. And I was like, literally my mom had to sleep like, what, month? For months. months. I slept on a cot on the floor yeah. of the room with the light on. Yeah. Because she was so scared even, yeah. you know, even with me there, she was so scared. Yeah. There was no doubt in my mind that I needed to sleep on that cot. You know, that's what she needed to feel safe. I did it. You know, like, I tell her all the time, like, I didn't do it because I had to. I did it because I love you. And there's no better thing, I think, for a parent than to see their children thrive. Like, Jose and I just wanted Alejandra to have a normal teen years. You know, we wanted her to enjoy life. We wanted her to, you know, go out with her friends and do well in school and, you know, graduate high school. The normal life that Ivan dreamed of for Alejandra wasn't necessarily within reach yet. Yeah, yeah. it took uh, quite a while. Like, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think I slept in the cot for at least three or four months. And then, um, yeah, for sure it must have taken like a year and a half. It was a very tough first two years for Alejandra. Um, I remember that one day also and then I was having, you know, I haven't had this panic attacks while, you know, but I mean, recently I had one, but um, but the the usually the the panic attacks that I I had it before, like two like a year ago, two years ago, it was such a different thing than the one I had. Like I was more violent. I was just, you know, kind of like saying, oh, I don't like you. I don't, you know even to my siblings, you know, usually to my family, and they start, you know, hitting someone, you know. Start being, uh, you know, those panic attacks was really bad. And I'm pretty sure my mom knows, like, sh it was really bad. Those panic attacks, I remember one day that my, I never will forget that, that literally my mom just hugged me like a little baby, because, you know, in, their ha in her hands, and I would never forget that because I never felt that, never, like, literally. Like she, she just called me like a little baby and she just literally, she told me, maybe you need, you need this. And I was like, I don't know, I just stuck it and I will never forget that time, mom. One day I was, uh, I, I attempted suicide, you know, I was, I took pills and stuff like that because I thought it was gonna, you know, calm the pain that I have inside, but then it wasn't, you know, end up hospitalizing and then, uh, yeah, I got in a year through it, and then the next, uh, the next January, I was having suicide thoughts, but I didn't do anything. But I still got hospitalized, you know, and I got extra help. So, 
When Alejandra was in the hospital, Yvonne made sure she knew she wasn't alone. Every day, even in the middle of a snowstorm, there I was in the visiting time because I needed her to know that there was going to be an adult there for her every single day. You know, that she was not alone on this journey. In that time, yeah, I felt like, okay, I must be really important for them, you know, that they really, every single day they come to visit me, just thinking, I was like, wow, they're doing this for me? Like, really? I mean, I'm, I'm a bad behavior, but why didn't do this to me? Why they're, you know, I was feeling like I didn't deserve it. Yvonne says she and her husband just haven't thought twice about doing what they do. You know, I've had so many people tell us, oh, I don't know how you guys do what you do. And, you know, we don't only have, we don't, we have not only had Alejandra, we have another youth in her home and she's a young uh, single mom. And Jose and I just don't think about it. You know, we have a home that fits plenty of people. Um, we have, you know, the resources. <laughs> so it's all taken one dog. How many humans? There's eight humans right now. Oh my god. Eight humans at home, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Just that war. It's like literally fat, crazy fan. There's war. three drop-offs in the morning. Oh, yes, it is. Three pickups in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Depending on the day, there's dance or so, some type of sport. We always, we do have dinner together almost every night. That's important for all of us. That is our special time as a family. Um, but yeah, when they're, everybody's there, it could be a little chaotic. There's always <laughs> some game of tag going on or some game of hide and seek. Uh, everyone cries, someone cries, <laughs> little yeah. baby crying. Uh, or, yeah. You know, like tantrum, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah, for Yvonne, watching Alejandra grow has been a joy. Um, but she has matured and grown so much. Um, like I said, I have seen her transformed. We have seen her transformed um, before our eyes. Um, she is now in honors art. Like I said, we didn't know she had this artistic person in her, um, but we're glad that she pursued it. Um, you know, she started to use art as one of her uh, coping mechanisms. And um, we could see that, you know, she could like, blend beautiful colors like it wasn't just coloring for coloring it was like this blending and this like you know like she could match colors that went so well together and somebody must have noticed in her school and then you know told somebody who said well let's test her for you know the gifted and talented art program and uh, so now she's in it this year and even in that class we've seen like such a transformation and she's seen it from her, her teacher just told her from her first drawing to now it's like a totally different artist going from like not knowing you know English at all you know just knowing a couple of words to like just this week getting her um, biliteracy seal for English and Spanish you know in just three years accomplishing so much and working so hard even with all the obstacles she's been put into. Sitting across from both of them during the interview it gave me chills to hear the way that Yvonne praised her daughter and the praise is entirely deserved for all that Alejandra has accomplished. Looking forward, Alejandra wants to use her experiences to help others emotionally. 
what I just want to do when I get to college is just study for a psychologist because I feel like people need me because I have gone through many experiences, similar experiences that probably a lot of people have gone through and I feel like I will understand and since I have learned literally how to cope with it, um, I feel like I can, I can teach whatever I learned to them and then help them. Alejandra emphasizes just how important it is to talk about the things that are happening to us or that have happened to us in the past. Yeah, I just feel, now I feel more, much comfortable, you know, to, um, to tell my story and I feel like at some point everyone else gonna everyone you know not me only maybe other other children's you know they will also will get on on a time that they will feel like okay you know and I also do it because you know I want to help other kids you know they probably must going through the same situation or similar situation and I also had thought that I was like, maybe with my voice, they will, they will hear, you know, they will listen, or they will hear, you know, and then maybe have, feel more hope or more, you know, more, you know, um, like. Courage? Yeah, more courage to at least, you know, speak up or, you know, do something for, for themselves, you know, to be safe or like that. I, and everyone else in Alejandra's life, have no doubt that she will accomplish whatever she sets out to do with her future. And until then, she is happy just to finally be where she belongs. The day before? Um, the day before, we just went to a ceremony that I had for um, receiving my certificate for being bilingual, like, yeah, at school. And I'm so happy that everyone went, you know. So every single thing that is important for me and my family is supporting me. And, um, or every single little problem that I have in my family is there for me. I will never be tired to say thank you, you know, or saying, okay, I will be there for you too, you know. It's just, that's how family it is. And I hope, you know, kids that probably need a people that probably need a love like that maybe someday we'll find it you know like I did yeah thank you so much for listening to this story if you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support other kids like Alejandra feel free to visit our website at www.umbrella.org where you'll find our donate page. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at umbrella.nj and Twitter at umbrella underscore nj.